0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: This episode is brought to you by Ritual. You guys know I'm a human guinea pig, and I'm still here taking Ritual and loving it. Okay, It's filled with iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, and omega-3 kind of everything. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com slash skinny today to choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com slash skinny.
0: She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire.
2: Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostic are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for
1: some major realness.
2: Welcome to The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. Uh Aha! Well, I mean, what would it be if there was a hot coal somewhere and uh, you were to pick it up to throw it at me? Who's the first person that's going to get burned? You and that's, and no one has taught us that.
0: Coming in hot, everybody, with another episode. That clip was from our guest of the show, Dr. Habib Sadegi. And on this episode, we are talking about how the body is the theater of our consciousness. Really getting into it.
1: We're also really diving into trauma um, and how trauma can cause some of the illnesses in the body. He has a very interesting story. He talks about it on this episode about how he had something happen to him when he was very young and he developed cancer. Um, And so he really dives into that. He gives a lot of science behind it. Very interesting episode. I got a little emotional.
0: Got really emotional. I mean, it's an emotional episode. I think, you know, outside of talking about trauma, we also talk about how anger and sadness and pain can also manifest itself in very negative ways within our within ourselves, our consciousness, our bodies. So I think this episode is is really good for anybody that's looking to try and let go of trauma or anger or fear or sadness and heal.
1: And we also talk about porn because we have to throw that in. And then there's one tip in here that he really dives into that I think will help so many people. I know I'm going to do this specific tip. It's a writing exercise, and I honestly think it's like the foundation of this episode.
0: With that, let's introduce Dr. Sadegi. He is the founder of Beehive Healing Integrative Medical Center in Agora Hills. He specializes in multidisciplinary approach to chronic illnesses such as cancer, autoimmune disease, with comprehensive treatment protocols that incorporate a wide range of interventions. With a master's degree in spiritual psychology, emphasizing consciousness, With that, Dr. Sadegi, welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Dr. Sadegi in the studio, very excited to have you in here. I was just, we were just talking offline a little bit, giving a story, my storied past, but this whole audience has heard before and they're probably bored to death with it. Let's get a little background on you because you're in a very, very interesting and unique field of medicine that I'm sure many people are going to be learning about for the first time here. And, and so I'd just love to learn a little bit more about you and how you got into your, into your line of work. Sure. So
2: I'm a family doctor by training. I'm also a minister and I have a master's in spiritual psychology. And what I really do is I just connect the dots. I connect the dots between um, the mind, body and spirit and in the middle what gets created is the soul that's the realm that i work in so it doesn't matter really what what you do i always encourage patients to come through the door of realizing that we're souls having a human experience
0: so how does that manifest so like let's get into that a little bit so how does that manifest itself in your practice so say i'm coming to you and maybe we could talk about like what what issues do you typically see or
2: most commonly when people come to to seek out your help or guidance well, I'll tell you what I've got today. So today, you know, we've had patients with your, uh, recurrent urinary tract infections that they've been everywhere and they don't know why, you know, and they've been on oh, more painful. number of, yeah, more number of antibiotics than you, you can imagine. You know, and we worked with it and we worked with it from the perspective of realizing that, you know, what was it that she feels invaded in her uh, line of influence, in her circle of influence, Right. And by having a, a, an irritation of the bladder, she's really sort of marking her territory, if you would. And then we found out exactly what is the root cause of that. And, and by working with that, there is a physiological shift and response. We had another case that this was young, this young lady that she's considering, she's in a new relationship and they're considering having a threesome. And the way that she was going at it, and it was really disturbing her, but we created a spiritual context. And she was blown away. She's like, what? How How could having a threesome be a spiritual experience? I said, look, I, I've never really experienced it. That's not really something that I would look forward to, given my spiritual practice. But If this is something that's important to you, when you go in and you want to be with another human being and you want to, you know, why don't you look at it from a perspective of having a solution integration trio? She said, what is that? I said, it's not solution. It's soul, S-O-U-L-A-T-I-O-N, solution integration trio. So your three human beings, mature adults are coming together and they're trying to integrate and innovate a new way of being. You don't look at it as, you know, that there is a hole in you and, and you need something. You, you look at it as a profound spiritual experience. Like you say a prayer at the beginning, you light a candle. There is a spirituality that you hold that will shift and change everything for you. You don't really pull the heart and the essence and the consciousness out of it because then it would be just an empty calorie.
1: So some so a woman came to you and she says, I want to have a threesome. How should I go about this? Is that how it comes about? Or is she saying, I have a pain in my arm, and then you you got it out of her. She's having a threesome and that's why she's having the pain in her arm.
2: Well, it, it, it there was a there was a, let's say, physiological response that she's having. And then you get down to it and you realize that she's in a new relationship. And this is something that's important to this gentleman that she's in a relationship with, and she's had previous experiences in this realm, and but the way that she's going at it, she's not clear about it, and it could create symptoms for her, such as pain in the neck, okay. pain pain in the ass, which manifests as in hemorrhoids, recurrent you know neck pain, shoulder pain, uh, this couple, and uh, the husband had uh, recurrent pain on the left shoulder. And I said, well, what side of the bed do you sleep on? He said, on the right side. And then we kind of, we worked with it, right? The irritation was at night when he would go to bed and so forth. And we realized that there were a lot of unsaid things between the couples and, and they just didn't have the language to be able to communicate with that. So,
1: so kind of what it is, is if you're having certain pains in the body, it's coming from something deeper, it's, it's, not just, it's not just you have hemorrhoids because you have hemorrhoids.
2: Yeah, look, Freud said it best. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. It doesn't have any deeper um, intention or connotation. But what I have experienced in my practice as a family doctor, that most human beings, we don't have the language um, to access our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and to express them. So what we do is, We push it down deep inside our body and we create uh, low, I'll give you an example, autoimmune, you name an autoimmune um, disease such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I mean, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, autoimmune hepatitis, rheumatoid factor, I mean, going through the roof. And there is a gender predilection, 10 women for every man is getting autoimmune disease. And it has a lot to do with this you know, with the way that- Is it a stress response? And more than that, it is a stress response from the perspective that if you are pressed, if you are stressed and you don't know how to express it over a period of time, your body will accommodate and it will create a disease as a remedy to help you deal with the dilemma that you have.
1: So if you're in a relationship and you're having trouble communicating with your partner, Mm -hmm. that's going to manifest in your body? Definitely.
2: Definitely. 100% 100% of the time.
1: And let me, let me ask. No just wonder
2: from, I got such a big neck pain all the
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> so just as from a personal standpoint, I'm struggling right now with, I just found out I have low thyroid, but okay. it's, and this is like a two pronged question. My dad and my grandma had low thyroid too. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's something that, that we are all three manifesting or do you think it's genetic or do you think it can be a mix of both?
2: Yeah. Uh, the question, it, it's just such a brilliant question that i don't want to answer it readily and what i want to work with is i want to repeat the question and i want a perception check with you so what i heard you say is that look i was just recently diagnosed with low functioning thyroid or what's referred to as hypothyroidism and i'm also aware that uh, there's a genetic component that my father and my grandfather and so forth they've had they've had you know thyroid issues if you were to explore that, right, if you were to explore that, this idea of low functioning thyroid, it has a lot to do with not being able to have a voice, right? Which that by itself is interesting for us to to kind of work with it. Now, given that you've brought this on, is this something that is of interest to you? Would you like me to work with you on it right now? Please. I'm also
1: just so you have record eight months postpartum right i had horrible postpartum anxiety like the worst and then also i found out i'm insulin resistant so those are that's what's going on
2: right so zizi is it zaza zaza zizi
1: that's a cute name though oh my god for my second born (laughs) zizi and zaza i'll take it
0: i don't know we can only maybe do one with a
2: z but we'll see so michael was kind enough to talk about the ontology of how you came with the name, which I think it's brilliant and it speaks volume of your brilliance to be able to think out of the box because most people uh, they can't do that. We get stuck and we get tunnel vision, right? So here here you are, you' you're pregnant. this is your first baby, right? and and you're moving through this as there is an pen, literally pending ep, you know pandemic er, occurring, right? there's a lot of stress. There's so much that's occurring. And uh, of course, you would have insulin resistance. You know, I have yet to find a person who doesn't have any type of resistance in them. The first case that empirically I observed and I started looking at this whole process was, this was way back and I, I had just started my practice. I was in Culver City by Venice Boulevard. And I was in the back of the clinic and was looking at this person who was a carrier and he was pushing against this big, big package. As he got to us, I realized the package was for us. I signed for it and I said, can I get you some water? And as he was coming to me, I said, gosh, I hope he doesn't have diabetes. Because with diabetes, one of the things that occurs at the consciousness level is when you're pushing against something, when you feel like you have to con- you know, constantly, you have to push against something. Now this could be physical, or it could be mental this could be at the consciousness level or it could be a, phenico- uh, a phenotypic expression this gentleman actually comes in he says can i get you some water he says gosh this diabetes that i have and just my jaw dropped when people feel like they have they have so much on their plate that they just have to push against it because they feel like they're going to collapse there are a few things that could that i have seen empirically that can resurface one of them is becoming insulin resistant, and the other one is they feel like they they don't have a voice or their voice is taken away from them, which manifests as low-functioning thyroid. Whoa. So what's fascinating is for you to go further and to look at if there is a transgenerational pattern that it's occurring. Uh, you know, it seems like really fancy, but it's not transgenerational pattern it's sort of like you get a kleenex and you get a mark you know you get a marker and you write on it right the kleenex it just sort of bleeds through that's what happens to us you know the the, the sin of the fathers, so to speak this is what actually occurs so if you were to explore if your grandfather is alive you could communicate with your grandfather and to find out exactly what was his biography like what did he go through did he feel oppressed or was he in a in a dynamic or a relationship whether personal or professional that he felt like he couldn't really express himself or your father and then you could start seeing if there's a particular pattern that you could handle and their judgments that you could be that they could have bought into that I can't really speak out Uh, if I do I'm going to be punished I'm going to be prosecuted or, or so forth.
0: Quick break to talk about something near and dear to my heart, something that we both love so much, and that is blue blocks.
1: I literally use blue light glasses every single night. So what I do is I go downstairs, I put my salt rock lamp on, I put my fountain on, some meditation music, and then immediately I put on my blue light glasses. I feel like they make such a difference, especially if I'm still looking at my phone or my computer. And lucky for us, Blue Box is created to fix these problems and block out the blue light with evidence-backed, high-quality lenses. And they're cute too. There's these ones that are circled, they're thin-rimmed, they're gold, they're so chic. I love them.
0: Have you found yourself squinting or found yourself with headaches more and more this year? Think about it, we're at home, many of us are isolated, and what we're doing is all these Zoom meetings. We're staring at our phones, we're staring at our computer screens. Along the way, I found blue blocks and I use the daytime glasses during the day to help minimize the effect of all this light going to my brain.
1: This is really interesting, too, because our whole team actually wears them. Our business has us all on the phone so much and the computer. So I'll walk into the office when there was an office and everyone was wearing them and then we'll FaceTime or Skype or Zoom and they're all wearing them. The ones that I like specifically are the Chester computer glasses.
0: And if you're already wearing some glasses and you like that style, blue blocks can also turn almost any pair of glasses into custom blue blocks. They simply take your existing glasses and fit them with their lenses so you can have peace of mind knowing your blue blocks will fit you correctly and that you have a pair that's right for you.
1: You should know Blue Box is also giving back by working in partnership with Restoring Vision in their Buy One, Gift One campaign. For each pair of blue box glasses purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. So
0: you can help yourself and help someone else at the same time. How good is that?
1: Give your energy back, sleep better, and block out the unhealthy effects of blue light with blue blocks. Go to blue box today and get free shipping worldwide with 15% off with code SKINNY or go to blueblocks.com slash SKINNY. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use code SKINNY for 15% off. Check out those Chesters. They're very sexy. I can think of two things, one in my grandma's life that was so crazy where she felt like she couldn't do anything. And I also can think of one thing in my dad's life. So that's so crazy that you say that. Right. So in knowing that, what can you do if you have these symptoms? Do you just you just have to recognize that there are things from your dad or your grandma and, and recognize that there are things holding your voice back? What's the next step?
2: Yes. So there so what occurs is that there are judgments that we hold on to, right? Like for instance, I mean I don't want to be too intrusive, but
1: go ahead. We've done it all on this podcast. You can be as <laughs> intrusive. I mean, do you want my blood work? You want my social <laughs> security number?
2: There's nothing that hasn't <laughs> no. happened here yet. <laughs> so I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about what what did you see in your grandmother's life or what did you see in your grandfather or in your father's life? That if, if you want to talk about it to the extent that you think that it might be okay with them, then we can look at it. Because usually there is a judgment that they buy into, you see. That particular judgment, they get locked in it and they feel literally that they're being choked up, that they can't speak.
1: My mother ended up committing suicide. Oh. So I think that there's something there I, I can see. And wow. I don't want to get emotional, but sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, Um, just that's, that is, let's just, you know, let's just really let this land just to give the dignity that it deserves, the trauma that your family has gone through, the trauma of your father, given the givens that was occurring for him, he felt that that at the time seemed like, The right thing to do and obviously uh, there's no question in my mind that there was such a deep love between your mom and your dad and your mom just the gravitas and the heaviness of this it just sat so heavy that it was like a jawbreaker like she couldn't really bite through it she couldn't really wrap her minds around it to break it down metabolize it digest it hold it learn from it and to have it really help her to move above and move up on the evolution of her consciousness. This was so heavy that she chose to bring her life consciously to completion. And and I'm very sorry. Thank you. I'm very sorry.
1: My sister is manifested, I think, in drug addiction. So I think that there's something to be said across all the platforms.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and when you start looking at it, you know when you start looking at it, when you start seeing these patterns, right? Because we're not, you know, jaja, she's not an isolated particle. Right? She's it's sort of like a water molecule in this river coming down. And what's upstream is your grandparents. It's your father, it's your mother, and so forth, and yours, right? So she's really soaked up in that, right? So being able to look at that, I've had the privilege of um, working with quite a few couples, a lot of couples, and to the point that, you know, there, there's a term that Catherine Thomas started, conscious uncoupling, that we used, and we went a little further And we've uh, turned it into uncoupling with clarity, where people, when they want to, when they feel like their relationship has come to a place that they've really taught each other everything that they could, and the whole family would be better off if they were to bow out as husband and wife and to be able to move forward as co parenters if they have children and to really. Hold on and safeguard the sanctity and the sacredness of the family um, as, as the smallest unit of society where safety exists, right? So when you look at that, here's here's something that occurred in the dynamic of your family. And, you know, and and just the the rupture that occurred, the way that mom was just just you know, plucked away from you guys, right? Do you um, think
1: that has to do with the low thyroid and the insulin?
2: Uh, sweetheart, in case you haven't noticed, you were just very tearful as you mentioned this. Yeah. Don't you think that you miss your mom? Yeah. Don't you think that all of a sudden you have Jaja and you become a mother yourself? And this, you know, taps into the parts of you that lost her mom so, so violently and and so unexpectedly and all of a sudden if you have a file inside that says I love my mom and my mom is going to be taken away from me and then you become a mom and then don't you think that the dynamic of your relationship might start getting a little challenging don't you think that all of a sudden you feel like now you're pushing against this huge biographical baggage that's called, oh my God, my, my dad chose this, my mom chose this, and my sister and I, we were left sitting there. And the way that my sister dealt with it was to really self-medicate, to be able to soften her pain. And you may have had your own ways of self-medicating with it. I think it's directly related, sweetheart. So
1: what do you do if it's, if it's directly related, what, is the step to get on thyroid medicine or is it more than that? Well,
2: as, as I've shared with you, I'm a family doctor, right? I would never really throw away the baby with bath water. And, and I think that, you know, this, 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 the, gosh, if I just say go on thyroid medicine right away without, without considering what you just shared with me, right? Gosh, I wonder what it would be like is if you were to pay attention. You know, if, if you, if, if you have low thyroid, how low is it? Looking at some of the other parameters, paying attention. You just had a baby. There was a significant shift in your estrogen. Are you breastfeeding? Are you taking in any particular herbs or different things to support your lactation or breastfeeding Okay, process? These are some of the questions that can go into that in detail, however, Generally speaking, you found out that you had low thyroid. Did, does your doctor know about what you just shared with me? I well, see now.
0: I don't think a lot of people do.
2: Yeah, but see now, that's really what needs to be looked at. See, the reason that I, I actually my my whole pra- I started this journey wanted to become a patent attorney, and then a few things occurred. I ended up in medical school. And then I, I wanted to become a neuro which is the part of the, the eye, which is back of the eye connected to the, to the brain. And most of my research, it was in that. And then somewhere along, I realized that what just occurred, I really loved doing that because I, I went through some challenges myself during second year medical school. I was diagnosed with cancer and I realized that what I went through had as a as a kid had a lot to do with why i got cancer and um so i took a sabbatical from medical school and i really started looking at it i started traveling i ended up in india i traveled through back back through mexico and i started studying things that i just didn't study in medical school i started you know practicing yoga Exploring different dietary restrictions, fastings, and, and so forth, or learning anthroposophical medicine. Here in the United States, when you, you say anthroposophical medicine, people say, bless you. They think you just sneezed. But, you know, in Europe, that's a whole field, right? I started, I had the privilege of mentoring with several people that they really paid close attention. One of them, were, one of them is, John Tabakin, who was the uh, former dean of the largest psychoanalytical institute in Los Angeles, PCC, or Morton Herskowitz, or Habib Davonlu. These were the biggies that re- really looked at this idea that we are a soul having a human experience. And I'm here to tell you, have you read the, I mean, I, this is not, I'm not trying to be shamelessly just, No, tell us, tell us, tell us. My last the last book that I wrote, The Clarity Cleanse, I highly encourage you. You know what? I have a copy in the car. I'll autograph. I'll go down, I'll get it, autograph it, and I'll give it to you. You don't have to do that.
1: I would love to support you on is it on Amazon?
2: Yeah, you don't need to support me. It's I, I, I wanna this is just as a man, this is the least that I could contribute just really from a place of being a father of a little girl, my, my daughter Hannah is seven years old. I would like to do that because as I hold that book and as I autograph it and write a little note, I want to pack it with a prayer. So with a consciousness. So when you read it, you get that consciousness. That
1: If someone has been through trauma mm-hmm. and they are having... Uh, low thyroid maybe anorexia uh, cancer whatever it is and they come to you besides the medical side what, what else do you prescribe to them do you prescribe yoga do you prescribe you know a certain kind of therapy what are the things that you tell them to do yeah Hold up, let's talk about Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane's recipe for home and wardrobe is to combine one part effortless style with two parts comfort. We are very much about that on the Skinny Confidential. They also add a dash of refined simplicity and they mix well and serve year round. I am all about their fall and cold weather staples. They have so many cute pieces to fit the season and they're comfortable, they're cozy, they're perfect if you're at home. I personally picked up a lot of their neutrals and then I also got their huge oversized black cardigan. I got it in a large. I wanted it to be big and warm. I'm wearing it so much with tank tops. I do like a a tank top and then sort of a baggy sweat. And then I'll do my huge oversized cardigan. It's so warm and delicious. It's ultra soft. It's lightweight. And it's about to be sweater weather. So I'm rocking it right now. What I like about Jenny Kane's stuff is that You can wear it year-round because it's so neutral. It's not really loud. It's not really trendy. It's just perfect and classic for any time of year. We also picked up, and Michael has been asking me why there are so many candles around the house. They're earthy candles. They're
0: all over the place in the house Yeah.
1: They're so grounding And we're in quarantine right now, so to be able to have them lit around the house...
0: It's a vibe. I like it. I'm not complaining. It
1: gives me zen vibes. So again, their neutral brand is just really shining through. So anyway, they have curated staples inspired by the natural, effortless aesthetic to California living. You have to check them out. Definitely check out the black oversized cardigan that I have. It is so good. I will wear it forever. And they're earthy candles. You guys are not going to go wrong with either of those. Make getting dressed the easiest part of your routine at JennyKane.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code SKINNY at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com promo code SKINNY. All right, let's get back to the show.
2: There are many tools that I have, but the first thing, like, for instance, for you, right? One of the first things that I would recommend, and, and for you as well, Michael, I think it's very helpful. It's a, a way of writing, which it's, when I learned it, I, I learned it from many directions. The first person who actually did this was Rumi, 12th century mystic uh, poet. But in the modern times, I learned it when I completed a spiritual psychology a degree, with a master's degree, and then with the emphasis in consciousness, health, and healing. And my teachers, uh, Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, they refer to it as freeform writing. I, 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 I just wanted to have it a, a twist to it, so I shifted it, and I called it Pew 12, Purge Emotional Writing, Pew 12, for 12 minutes. And the reason that I changed the name is because I truly believe the name that you give someone, it, it, it contributes to the consciousness and the line of energy that it holds. So if you're writing with the purpose of that act being purgatory, like you know, you're burning, you're letting go, you're releasing, it's incredible what it does to the subconscious. It just allows you to empty all that out. So 12 minutes, people can go to beingclarity.com. And they can get it, for, I think they can get it for for free if they sign up for a newsletter or something. But really simple. You sit somewhere, piece of paper, you get a pen or paper, and um, you just write for nonstop for 12 minutes. You don't need to worry about right spelling, da-da-da-da. And by doing that, what you do is... It's is just it's anything that comes in the mind. Whatever it's there. You don't go in with a particular intention. Just You just take a deep breath. Whatever it is, you start writing. And I really look at it as it's almost as if it's, you know, confession boot. (laughs) You know, you don't need to worry about, oh, gosh, what would Michael think of me? Or what would, you know, Lauren think of me? You just write whatever comes out. And then afterwards, you just burn it. And I cannot tell you the level of um, clarity that comes in because it's very cleansing. You see, and for a person who's gone through, Lauren, such a profound trauma sweetheart and you you know and you're doing the best that you can and to really use the sourness of what you've gone through and you're adding so much sweetness of your intellect and you're creating lemonade and you're feeding so many people in our community I'm just really proud of you for how far you've come and what you're doing
1: Thank you. That's very yeah. nice. Yeah. I think that the reason that I love what you just said is because sometimes when I'm writing, I'm like, "Oh, is is someone who's working in my house or it's going to find right. this this notebook?" I don't really want to like write it all out. Right. But the act of burning it after sounds right very away. helpful.
2: Yes. This these this type of uh, writing is not something that you do on an iPod, iPad, computer, and and uh, you know. And sometimes I had this attorney that he wouldn't. He would just. He was resistant to doing Pew 12. And finally, in one of our sessions, I found out that he was worried that when he writes and he had all these legal papers, that he would rip it off, that someone could still read it on the bottom.
0: And I said- That's what being a lawyer can do to you. You I know. They're
2: like paying attention to many details. So we got him just a board. He gets a piece of paper on a board and he does it. He came in with chronic insomnia, believe it or not. He did that for, I think, up to three weeks. He's, I can't tell you. And we added a couple of different things, including personal hygiene, turning off the lights, blue lights, blue blockers, if he wants to watch TV or if he wants to get any particular media. But he can sleep off medications. He was on four, you know, four medications for insomnia.
1: What do you think about all these people who are so addicted to their phone, staring at their phone all day, and then they're complaining of depression and anxiety and panic attacks?
2: And we're all guilty of it. Yeah. I think everyone is doing the best that they can. You know, your baby is eight months old. So our youngest is seven and our oldest is 13, Hafez. And I'm here to tell you, your lives are, it's just about to change because the person, Zaza that has come through, Zaza that has come through, she's going to be your greatest teacher. You're going to learn so much. And one of the things you'll see is eventually she might uh, you know, have or may need now have now a pacifier or maybe a blankie, right, that they hold on to. And, you know, you'll be shocked how many of us, we might be in our, you know, we might be 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, but we still have a pacifier. We still have a blankie. And I think to some extent, our digital media can can fill that deep archetypal need, that we cannot let go. And this is to say that, you know, the future commodity, it's going to be love. It's going to be what I'm wearing. It's going to be water, soil, and love. It's going to be connection. Could, could this magic healing that just occurred between Lauren and I have occurred if we were to do this on a Zoom call? I'm here to tell you, absolutely not. No. That's
0: what scares me about the world right now is that we've gotten to a place, you know, with uh, this pandemic where, and it's something when I talk to the team members in, in my business. The biggest thing I start every meeting with is like I really want them to try to do a good job to connect with each other and speak to each other. Not even for, not even to talk about the business, just to, on a human level, yes. human connection. Yes. And it's hard right now because everybody's separate. But it really worries me, and I think like this year is a testament to what happens when you separate people and you make everything across the screen, and there's not that human touch and connection. It can start to get to a dark place really quick because we need human connection in my opinion yeah. it's Absolutely. so funny
1: when i got pregnant i all i wanted all of a sudden and i was like very much a city girl all i wanted was nature and <sighs> grounding and to put my feet in the sand and yes. salt rock lamp and to like wake up and like with meditation music and hear a fountain yes and now i'm realizing as this pandemic goes on it's more and more important
2: yes yes um the only scientist in united states history of civilization that when he was incarcerated, the only physician and either he was killed or died in jail was uh, Wilhelm Reich. What did he go to jail for? Wilhelm Reich was a brilliant man. He was my teacher's teacher. Uh, Morton Herskowitz was the last psychiatrist that was trained by Wilhelm Reich. Herskowitz died May 18th, I, if my me correctly, at the age of 100. and and he was seeing patients until um, age of 98, full of life. But the the reason I talk about this, Wilhelm Reich talks about this inherent energy that is within us. Uh, This energy that we refer to as life force or ki or chi or prana, he referred to it as orgone energy. The highest level of orgone energy is in pine trees. And I think that has something to do with using pine trees for Christmas ornaments and so forth if you ever tune in if you're out in nature and you're around trees it's just incredible you just wake up you'll be able it's a different ambiance. it's it's really you become alive and you mentioned something michael that well it's an experiment we're going to see what's going to happen when people are disconnected and in isolation well that experiment has been done it's called pornography (laughs) go into that yeah
1: what do you mean I, know, I think
2: I know where you're going, but go into It's it. called pornography. So you're just
1: sitting there masturbating by yourself.
2: You're completely isolated. There is no soul connection. Remember what we talked about? This young lady, he wanted to consider a trio, a, a, a threesome, right? And we created a new context of not going into it from a perspective of empty calorie. Because if you go into it from that perspective... Then one of my my other teachers, Gabor Matei, The Hungry Realm of Hungry Ghost. It's an unbelievable book. if If you're working with addiction or if you have an addict in your life, Realm of Hungry Ghost, which comes from Tibetan Buddhism, and it's just this bottomless pit. See, pornography is bottomless pit. The more you look at it, right? The more you want it. It's sort of like adding hot sauce. Have you noticed that third world countries, most of their food, it's really hot, it's spicy, like India, Ethiopia. This was done strategically. Why? Because when a third world country is colonized, right? And they're working for you and it's lunchtime, you got to feed them. If you make it hot, right after they eat, first of all, they don't care what you're feeding them. Because it could be just some water and a couple of pieces of bread and they eat it quickly because it's burning them. Number two, right after they eat, this the, the sauce, the hot sauce, the the spice raises their blood pressure. So instead of wanting to take a siesta and go to sleep, what are they doing? You just got yourself amazing workers. What am I saying? Pornography, all you're doing is you're adding Tabasco sauce to your food and then it just makes you more hot. It's sort of like going by Santa Monica Pier and laying on your belly and just, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink water. And you drink from the ocean. It's salt water. It makes you more thirsty. Isolation creates that. Anything that we do, I mean, before coming here, I called in the light inside my heart. I said a prayer. Why? I don't know either of you, but I come into it with the intention that What I'm speaking is not to promote myself, but to promote what I stand for, which is love, which is humanity, which is the deep sense of connection. There's 7.85 billion of us on the planet. 7.85 billion of us. And how disconnected are we? There are people right now. I mean, I've never seen this many transient people on the street. There are people that they're kids that the only warm meal that they got was when they went to school and they haven't had a warm meal for a very long time. So really to be able to sit with another human being, I mean, what she said, I, I slowed down and I said, well, let's just bring the dignity back into what you just shared. I allowed myself to be able to suffer with her. To suffer with another human being, it's what's referred to as co- compassion. Passion means to suffer. Come means to come together. Together, Compassion, it means to suffer with. And that's what it's required. When you are with another human being, I mean, you know, I don't know how long you've been together. And it seems like you really appreciate each other's energy and just sitting here and holding this space and feeling you, you have an amazing energy with each other and no wonder you've given birth to so many babies you know uh, not only Zaza but just the things that you do anything you you, you touch it's going to become gold because of the level of connection that you have that level of connection is what we refer to as spirituality you see when you pick something up you pick this up there it's like initially oh it's a bottle of water yes but if you really think about it, what constitutes this, this, this uh, bottle of water is the same as this microphone, is the same as me. If you go into it, the electrons, all that atomic structure, it's just energy and it's one. That's one. That is the connection. That's why, you know, one of our ambassadors for Love Button Global Movement, which is our nonprofit organization, and the tagline is pause and love One of our ambassadors is Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay. He wears a love button all the time. He said it best, halftime performance, Coldplay, Beyonce and several, and Gustavo de Dumel and Yola, Youth Orchestra of LA, they performed. And Chris said, we're all in this together. He's absolutely right. We're all in this together. I think people forget that sometimes. Right, and this is the time to remember.
1: There is nothing better than working with ritual. I absolutely love working with them, and I love taking their vitamins. I think that their whole message is just major. They are a visionary when it comes to women's multivitamins. I took ritual before my pregnancy, I took it during my pregnancy, and now I take it after my pregnancy. They have prenatals, and they also have their essential for women vitamins, and they have men's now. So it's a very much a 360 approach. Their whole message is that we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies, and why. And that's why the founder of Ritual is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. And that is what they are doing. They left out mystery additives, synthetic fillers, and shady extras that can be found in some of your traditional multivitamins. They're also extremely committed, which is awesome, to showing you their nutrients, where it came from, and why they chose it. They call it traceability. So if you go to their site, you can see everything laid out for you. It's very clean, and it explains why they chose each ingredient. I have Ritual next to my tongue scraper i take it every single morning it's minty fresh it doesn't give you those nasty fish burps okay it doesn't like the the taste doesn't linger in your mouth they also have this delayed release no nausea designed capsule and it's very gentle on an empty stomach so if you get nauseous when you take vitamins you won't get nauseous with ritual which is a real plus personally i've been low on vitamin d which isn't a surprise because I'm not a big fan of the sun. So knowing that Ritual has vitamin D in it is a real win. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering all Skinny Confidential him and her listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out, guys. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com skinny to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com skinny. Let's get back to the show. Do you believe in human design? Sure,
2: to some extent.
1: So I just found out the other day I'm a reflector, which makes so much mm. sense because I, I'm i very, very, very sensitive to energy. Absolutely. And my husband, when I first met him, I, I don't think was as sensitive, but as he's been married to me, I think he's much more sensitive now to energy. Yeah. Do you think that that energy, good or bad, is a real thing?
2: We are souls having a human experience. This is the, I don't believe that. This is, this is what has saved my life. When I reflected and I found out exactly some of the experiences that I had at a very young age that was sexually oriented with an older adults, that they had contributed to judgments and misunderstanding that I was holding against myself. And I was, I was, I was holding this pocket of pus and cyst in my left testicle. And that's what contributed to testicular cancer. I mean, I don't believe it. I know it. I I don't believe in God. I know God.
1: So you had an experience when you were young that was obviously so traumatic, and you believe that that festered, which makes total sense. Absolutely. Into your testicle.
2: Yes. And that,
1: that young of the age, you had cancer and knew that it was from holding yes. on to all this. Yeah.
2: It's uh, it can, Again, there's this whole concept of the terrain, which is, The terrain is the internal milieu. It's all the DNA and the genetic and the epigenetic and everything that we get from our, you know, from everyone that we came from, which is our lineage. It's all connected. We know that. In 1990s, scientists in Italy, they were working on uh, monkeys and their nervous system. And the monkeys were hooked up to uh, speakers and amplifiers directly in the brain. One of the uh, scientists came in uh, with a cone of ice cream and they were eating it. All of a sudden, in the lab, they started hearing and they're like, whoa, and they paid attention and they noticed the part of the brain of the monkey that was being activated, it was the part of the brain, if the monkey was holding and eating an ice cream, that's how they discovered the, the um, mirroring neurons. It, th- this is the reason that if you feel, if you see someone being hurt or kicked uh, on TV, you're like, "Ouch!" You feel it in your body. We're all connected, and especially if you're a right, if you're a, ref- a reflector, then everything around you, then your tendency to be an empath, it becomes important, and then your qualities, right? If you put on a perfume, and you hug him, of course you're gonna smell the perfume on him, right? So you you know, and, and you you've seen it. I mean, you you I meant you mentioned that at least you have a sister or maybe you have more sisters, or or even if you're in a college, right? If you're college and you're living with other women, what happens when one one woman has their cycle? What happens to their cycle? It sinks in, right? I mean, you don't sit around and talk about it. So what happens? It's like when people talk about energy, it's as if that you're or you're non-scientific, or you—no, I'm—I'm one. I'm as scientific as you can get. I mean, my, I have a master's equivalent to a master's in electrochemistry. I want to become a patent attorney. I mean, this is so. I really studied this, and when you look at it, what we, you know, exude is all these chemicals, pheromones. So whoever starts their cycle you know, they, they produce all that and it goes up and they breathe it in, it crosses the nasopalatine and it shifts and changes things and you you know and you sync up your cycle. Human beings, we're we're connected. You know, there there was a research that we did and I think we we have written quite a bit on Medium under Dr Dr. Habib Sidegi and most of these thoughts uh we publish it in a magazine called Megazen once a year. But we looked at couples and we've had the privilege of working with some high-end couples that as their wealth grows, their house keeps getting larger and larger to the point that he has his you know, master quarter and she, she has a master quarter. And it's unbelievable. We start seeing a direct correlation to the rate of unsatisfaction in their not only sexual life, but the psychological life. And it usually ends in divorce.
1: Oh my God, that makes so much sense. I've never heard that before. That makes sense. You grow and grow and grow and you get bigger and bigger and bigger until you're on other sides of the house.
2: Literally. And there is an other side to it that when you... You know, there are couples that they share like a one bedroom and they talk about it like, you know, they were like here and they were shared in one bedroom. And then all of a sudden now they hit big and they have this large 25,000 square footage, but they're not as happy. And here's why. When you have... When you share a small space... Look, you got to be able, you're forced to be able to smell each other's shit. Literally, right? And you you use the same bathroom. When you are oh, defecation or urination, they hold chemical. Most human beings, they're not even kissing. Like even when they want to have sex, there is no, there's very minimal kissing. Like when you look at it, people come in and they're like, well, you know, I'm suffering from erectile dysfunction. And then you tell them, look, consider just kissing your partner for five to seven minutes. Do you realize the level of nitrogen dioxide and various different vasodilators that you produce? You're not going to have erectile dysfunction. Yes, of course, this is generally speaking, there are people that they have vascular disease or neurological issues that they need a little bit of support. But what we're talking about is there is a way of being, there is a way of being where you recognize that you are a soul, you're a spiritual being, you're energy, and you're incarnated in this car called physical manifestation. And like if I come in and I say, hi, I'm a Mercedes. What? I'm Mercedes? I don't say I, what the car that I drive or you don't say I'm, what, what, what's the car? You, whatever, Ferrari? You don't say that, right? The human manifestation is only a car. This soul is inside, think of it as an Uber. I put um, a video on our Instagram. I saw that, you're an Uber. Yeah, it's like, I'm an Uber, right? Think of like, and then our thoughts, feelings and emotions, those are the passengers that they come in, in the morning. Like when you wake up, you pick up a passenger and that's a thought that you have, a feeling and an emotion. That's not the driver. Don't let those thoughts, feelings and emotions to take over and drive your car. And the car, it's just what you see. What you see here, this is not Habib. Habib is invisible. Michael is invisible. That's why you need to be able to connect with him through the eyes. And to have that soul connection, that soul gazing.
1: Why aren't people kissing anymore? Because of the phone?
2: Well... I think there are many reasons.
1: I have so many women DM me that they're not kissing their husbands or their boyfriends. I I I have so many friends that say that too.
2: I can tell you the most common cause, empirically what I've seen as a family doctor. Are you ready for this? Most couples, they they engage and they, they come together and they get married and usually the woman is on a birth control pill. When they stop the birth control pill to get pregnant, they cannot tolerate and they can and they don't no longer like the smell of their partners and they actually get grossed by it because when they one of the things that i've noticed that birth control pills or hormones in general can do generally speaking is to act deactivate at the cranial nerve zero you know it's so funny you talk about
0: this we just had a woman on the show and we were fully talking about the 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 harms that potential birth controls
2: can cause Right. Again, please notice that I'm a family doctor. I have prescribed birth control pills judiciously, just like any other medications sure. or antibiotics. Again, we're not throwing the baby with bathwater. What we're talking about is, and what you really or as the power couple duo, you're promoting is for us to be able to think, to be able to think through and not be a follower like to actually think, is this really? But yes, it's shown that birth control pills can deactivate your sense of the cranial nerve one, which is the olfactory sense. And uh, it affects your tastes and many different things. And then once you stop because you want to be pregnant, like you can't even stand the scent and the smell and the taste of your partner.
1: So it's the not the woman's fault, but it's the woman's like... I don't even want to say issue. It's, it's coming from the woman that they're not kissing.
2: The way that I hold it is that it's a perceptual constraint that society has cultivated for us. And we need to be able to look at it and we need to be able to communicate that just because you started your cycle and you're eating poorly and you're having a lot of PMS syndrome, that doesn't mean that you need to be placed on birth control pills. That we can talk about the respect that you have for your body and to be a very fastidious selective uh, in terms of uh, who you share this experience, which is very profound and life-changing, which is called having sex. And when society fails to do that and puts everyone on birth control pills, we all suffer, why? Because my background, I was a medtech microbiology and one of the things that we studied was uh, water waste management. You know, when you look at all these drugs, all these chemicals, all these things that we flush down the toilet, waste management, and then you reuse it. They can't separate all of that. So, oh. there, so a lot of these hormones, drugs, and so forth, when you're taking a shower... It's coming back to you. Oh, my if you, God. if you, you know, if you look, that if makes you, so much sense. Of course, if you look at Gulf of Mexico, the just the tons of gallons of waste that gets dumped in, and then you go and you find a model such as an amphibian, like a frog, that they have. Our skin is semi-permeable; things go in, things don't come out. Frogs, amphibians in general, they have fully permeable. So whatever it's in their surroundings, it goes directly in there, and you can see that they're frogs, amphibians, that they're born with one sex, but because of the pharmaceutical waste products, they're changing sex. Males becoming females and so forth. That's happening. You know, you look at a place I trained, my residency was in Florida. And I remember one time I covered, I was a chief residence and I covered for the director of the residency program. And he was covering, he had like 25, 30 nursing homes and different things that I had to cover. My God, the average person, the average number of drugs that a person was on was 13. Wow. 13 medications. And now, why would that be important in a place like Florida? Because you're at a place that the the layer of ice that separates the topsoil from the drinking water, it decreases. So that's why all that would leach through and it would go into the drinking water and it affects you.
1: I wanna go back to what you said earlier, which was one of the ways to heal from trauma is to write 12 minutes a day and then burn it. Is there any other tangible takeaways you can give to our audience that would help them heal from a trauma?
2: Yes, thank you for for asking that. So the first tool would be Pew 12, perched emotional writing 12 minutes a day. And the second one is compassionate self-forgiveness. I studied under the Department of Justice, there is uh, a department called Department of Pardon. Back then, this was years ago when I was writing an ebook on forgiveness. The head of the department was a person who had a, a JD. It was an attorney as well as a PhD. And I started looking at the language, the linguistic abstraction of forgiveness that all these presidents of the United States were using. Michael, watch what they used. By the power invested in me as the president of the United States, I pardon so-and-so. And they can't even touch him, no matter what. They could have stole billions of dollars, right? And I said, oh my God, can you imagine, let's say, the judgments that I may be holding against myself every morning when I take a shower, I go under the shower And I raise my hand and I, or I touch my heart and I say, by the power, by all the resources invested in my creation, by my maker, I wholeheartedly forgive myself for all my shortcomings, for all my mistakes. And I set myself free. And the new truth that I'm subscribing to now is that I am a soul having a human experience, that I've come into this university called life because I want to make mistakes and I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to move up on the evolution of my consciousness and I walk out and I start my day that way
1: it sounds like a lot of your tactics are putting it out in the ether and letting it go and not holding it in. It sounds like you keep you, this, this holding it in and holding the resentment and holding the trauma and holding the anger sounds very, very cancerous.
2: Well, I mean, what would it be if there was a hot coal somewhere and uh, you were to pick it up to throw it at me? Who's the first person that's going to get burned? You. And that's, And no one has taught us that. So every morning, someone, you know, we're, you know, we get, we wake up. How do we wake up? We wake up by using the phone as an alarm. We wake up on the way to the bathroom, we get a text, we read the text. By the time we're there, we're on social media, we're looking at the social media, we're reading the email, and we're wondering why we're constipated. And we're sitting there now for 45 minutes to six, you know, for 60 minutes. And now we're wondering why we're getting hemorrhoids, why there's getting congestions right around the rectal area and then we get up it's like one trauma after trauma and no one teaches us how to be able to really purge to let go and then this is just to get out of the house and when you can and someone cross you know someone you're just driving and someone just cuts you off and now you're angry and you're so angry and there's so much pain and heat that you don't know what to do with it so the the closest thing that you could do is to say fuck you And you're trying to now inject all that energy and you're trying, you're sending it out there to the other person instead of realizing, well, wait a minute, something happened. I I, I felt like, whoa, I was going to die. I'm just going to slow down or pull over. Let me breathe through this. That's that's the maturity that we're talking about, and that's really the essence of why I wrote the book, the Clarity Cleanse.
0: Well, there's this, you know, the, this is this is a timely conversation because, in a, and I want to say this in a way where I don't come off as attacking. I mean, we, Lauren and I obviously have a platform; we talk to a lot of people every week, and mm-hmm. you know, with that, you, you stumble around, and sometimes people agree, and sometimes they disagree. But what I have found is that, you know, like I personally, when I was younger, used to have a hot temper, and it mm-hmm. got me in trouble, right? It would manifest itself in fights or outbursts or whatever, and it like it wasn't serving me, and so I realized. Around the time I started getting my early twenties, like, hey, actually all this anger and resentment and pain that I'm carrying, I'm not not only am I hurting other people, but I'm ultimately hurting myself the most. And it was carrying in a way where I'm like, this is not serving me. And so there's a lot of anger and a lot of pain in the world. And I think with that it brings a lot of semi broken or broken people that don't realize that by carrying that anger and that resentment and putting it out into the world, like it's not it hurts them more than it hurts the people they're directing it to. And I think if more people understood that, like the reason I'm not angry anymore and the reason I don't do that as much, and listen, I'm not perfect. I have outbursts here and there. Like we all are human. Is that selfishly, I'll be honest, selfishly I realized it was impacting me and hurting me more than the people I was directing it at. And I think if more people understood that, they could help heal themselves a bit more. and Maybe you could talk on it a little bit because... I think especially this year, it's a, you know, there's a lot of anger, a lot of pain, a lot of sadness in the world. And I think people are looking to externalize that, not realizing
2: that it's internalizing them in a very negative way. Very well said, profoundly you know, what you said. I'm about to say something and I'm aware that, you know, you have tattoos. This is not directed at you, okay? Sure. And again, remember what Freud said, Mm -hmm. sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, right? But most people are unaware, Michael, that embryologically speaking, the tissue that gives rise to skin, to skin, to our skin is the same tissue that gives rise to our brain. <laughs> so brain and skin, they come from the same tissue, neuroectoderm. So uh, a few years back, I started noticing that, is this my imagination or are people getting more tattoos? And I started researching it and I realized that, oh my God, it's like the slope, it's like this. And then I have a working um, hypothesis, and this is just for me. It's a theoretical observation. This is not the truth. I, I don't have anything to back it other than what I have seen and what I'm thinking, and I feel very safe here with you and with our community to bring this up as a way of talking about it, not as a way of being attacked or you know, and so forth. I notice, is it, could it be that we're so, we have so much information and we're bombarded with so much information that we don't have the septic tank that we need to be able to process our shit. So we're getting so constipated and filled up that our pain, it's being squeezed and we turn it into a tattoo and we put it in our body.
1: That is one of the smarter things anyone's ever said on our podcast. That is very, 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 very smart.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: I mean, wow. But it's
2: true.
0: I think you're that's, 100% that's, right. Like uh, we're living in a time now, like I don't think people know how to process what's going right. on. And but it's...
1: also even the bigger conversation is what he's saying is we're inundated with so much content that our yes. com- brain computer cannot compute it all. So no. it becomes so overwhelming that we're we're overwhelmed by all the content being thrown at us. Never in, our, never in history has Ever. there been this much content. Well, and if you think about
0: place. even this pandemic, like you know, thousand years ago, something like this happens, you, the next town over, the next country over, they, they don't know about this at all. until, you know, like this could be happening for months and months in one place before. And it's like something happens now. And we all know within minutes. And, it, and it's
1: this, the pandemic just going off this with social media sort of injected all this anxiety and everyone all at once. Fear. It was not a slow, like, no. oh, let me wrap my head around this. Let me see what's going You're on. You're going to die.
2: In- it's coming. You're not safe.
1: I mean, can you? It's, that's honestly how it felt when it first started.
2: Right. I get you're it. gonna
1: like it felt like you're gonna turn a corner and get it. And well, what the, happened? The Bears coming. We
0: got stuck on that narrative. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. And I think we went into a panic. And I think as this thing has gone on, there's not been anyone that's been like, "Whoa, let's pump the brakes here and slow down and actually analyze what's actually happened." Yes, we've seen death and it's tragic, but like we were, they, people were were screaming from the rooftops, doom and gloom, like yes. it was over. We were done. And I think like. It, it, it speaks to what's happened since then, right? And in, in the pain place that we're all in. And I and I start to, and I wonder like, you know, at what point do we, if ever, do we start to figure out how to contextualize this and manifest in a way that's not just constantly from a fear, scared, angry position?
2: Beautifully done. I, I, I don't know if I can add to that. That's very well said. We, you know, when we moved to where we're living now out in Agoura Hills, that was the first time I learned about Septic Tank. I just didn't know what it was. And then I realized, oh, my God, you mean I'm not going to be dependent on the municipal waste management? That's awesome. And then I realized, oh, my God, that's what maturity is. Like, I don't really worry if I invite you guys over how much you're going to urinate or defecate because I have a competent septic tank.
1: So a septic tank does what exactly for it, anyone who's unfamiliar? It,
2: it holds all the shit and piss and all the things and then helps get filtered and get rid but,
1: of it. But so where you live doesn't have one?
2: It We, we, ha- we have our own septic tank. He's We're saying not it's not overfilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you have your septic tank, you have a leach field and so forth. When you defecate and urinate, it knows exactly how to spread it and to get rid of it. And that's what maturity is. See, we have gotten to a place that you have so many people that they're just coming and defecating, urinating, flushing, that the septic tank that's called our memory, our bandwidth, it's getting filled up and it's oozing out in our skin as Mm -hmm. tattoos, I'm sorry. I know you have a tattoo too. No, no, no. But it's, it's fine. Again, this is not personal. No, we're it having hurt a my very feelings. personal, impersonal conversation. I'm not sensitive because because we want to roll it around and we want to have a larger conversation. We want to have a larger conversation of, oh my God, there is a reason that we're we're here, that you guys want to leave, Zaza, with a set of septic tank that no matter what comes at her. She has, she'll has; she be able to process it. Can filter, it yep. filter it. That's a sign of maturity. That's what we're going for. And that's what loving is.
1: So what are some just blanket tools to help guard yourself?
2: Well, we've covered two so far. Okay. We've talked about uh, purged emotional writing, Pew 12. I'm
1: going to try that tomorrow. Yeah,
2: Pew 12. And we've talked about compassionate self-forgiveness. I literally have Shared with you a general linguistic abstraction of forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know you can link it with water. Water has cleansing quality. Before you start your day, you could do that. You could do that more often. You could do it in a bath. You could add Epsom salt. You know, and forgiveness is is the greatest tool. I mean, I'm telling you. And then there are other things. Selfishly, it's a good tool because it's for you. It's it's what I refer to as self uh, selfish selflessness. Because you're selfish, but it's you're selfless. And when you look at maturity, things are not black and white. Then there is a gray area. Then you realize that everything is nested. That's the concept of the yin and the yang. Because within darkness there's light, and within light there's darkness. Then you don't actually buy everything and you don't amputate, disregard anything. You work with it. Does that make sense? Like you know, as a clinical practitioner who practices and used to teach clinical homeopathy, one of the medications homeopathically that you can't you cannot get over the counter, it's medirhinum, which is a very specific me- medication, homeopathic, and it's the only homeopathic medicine that's a prescription. And it comes from pus of gonorrhea. So if you say, what, you give pus of gonorrhea to patients? Yes, homeopathically speaking, that's what you do, and it boosts up immunity and resets many things.
1: Can you tell us about your book, Pimp Your Book Out?
2: Pimp My Book Out. <laughs> I have never been uh, framed that way. I love that. Thank you for turning me into a pimp. I love that. I really appreciate that. I lost my brother. and my Sorry to hear my. That. Thank you. My brother was the most intelligent human being that I knew. He graduated from USC School of Medicine, top of his class at the age of 21. And he became an interventional cardiologist. And given some of the complexities in his life, he chose to consciously complete his life. He killed himself. And to honor his memory and his line of energy, that's when I wrote The Clarity Cleanse because I wanted to give back. The book is two part. One part, it has a dietary component. And then there is a psychological process. And at the end of it, they get what's referred to as a septic tank. If you do the protocol, and it's not a touchy-feely, easy, loving—it's very, you know, confronting, right? But if you do it, and if you go through the process, at the end of it, you find a friend, and that friend is you, for yourself.
1: You're amazing. Uh, you can come back anytime. Tell us a little bit about your charity and then tell us where everyone can find you.
2: The, the, the charity, the nonprofit organization, it's called Love Button Global Movement. And the intent is to basically teach um, everyone, starting with children all the way to me- middle school to medical school, where we teach a medical student that how to not judge a patient by the disease that they have but to really be able to listen with their heart, right? To be able to soul gaze, to be able, there is a way of holding space and containing another human being. We do that through me- middle school by having teddy bear projects or different things. The teddy bears that they go, they go home with and they, you know they have that level of connection and feeling. And we have many ambassadors and so forth and we feel very, very blessed. And people can find us on lovebutton.org. And uh, they can find me on Instagram at Dr. Habib Sadegi and on beingclarity.com.
1: And I'm wearing my pink button. Michael's wearing his blue one. (laughs) Pink's my favorite. It's so cute. Thank you so much for taking the time. That was incredible.
2: Thank you. It's it's my privilege. I, I don't know how I got invited to be here. I didn't know anything about you. I'm glad you, you did. And, it's for a reason. And, and I was a little bit nervous because I looked at one of the, I think the last podcast you did, and it was all about blowjob. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to follow that? But you guys are two of the most spiritual, intelligent, and emotionally available human being. And I think Zaza landed in an amazing lap of a family. God bless you, and thank you for this opportunity.
1: Let's hope when Zaza's 16, she doesn't go download that episode. I'm going to direct her to
2: yours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, don't go. Do you want to win pink new cheeky Skinny Confidential stickers? All you have to do is tell us who you want to see next on the show. Get as detailed as possible. Tell me on my latest Instagram, at the Skinny Confidential, and I will make sure the team makes like a pink... Excel sheet of all the guests that you guys want to see and someone will drop into your inbox and send you some stickers. With that, thank you for always rating and reviewing the podcast and we will see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. You guys know I'm a human guinea pig and I'm still here taking Ritual and loving it. Okay, It's filled with iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, and omega-3 kind of everything. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com slash skinny today to choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com slash skinny.